less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor, short with Martin Holland. Hey, Cash Flow Contractors, welcome to this short episode. Uh, this is Martin. Khalil is somewhere, but not here, so you get me again today. And today I wanted to talk about something that's come up a lot recently in my coaching sessions. If you've heard anything I've ever said before, you've probably heard me say that one of the ideas, one of the goals of almost every business I work with is to build a highly profitable business that can work without the owner. And those are two completely separate subjects. Highly profitable, we work on that, get more efficient, lean, better use of capital, all those things. Uh, so they're kind of operational to become more profitable. The second part that can work without you is a little more nebulous. It's a, it's a tough deal. Um, and it speaks to leadership in replacing yourself as a leader. And one of the things that I find when I work with clients is that we can find people who can do what we do. In other words, the functions, they can, uh, price bids and they can order stuff and talk to banks. You can find people that do the operations that you do. But that's not the same as replacing yourself. That's a little more difficult. Um, there's a story, well, I'm reading Life on the Mississippi by Mark Twain again. If you've never read it, it's a great book. It's a historical novel in that, before the pre-Civil War, 1858 to 1861. And during that time, Mark Twain was a pilot on a riverboat. And at that time, that was a heck of a job. Those guys were were really heroes uh, because they went up and down the Mississippi before the channels were dredged and before there were marker buoys and GPS. So they navigated upstream and downstream in day and at night and in weather. And they had to work on a river that was constantly changing. The sandbars were shifting. So where you could go before, maybe you can't today. Uh, snags coming down the river. There was a lot to it. And it took a long time to learn the trade. The reason I'm talking about this is Mark Twain uh, began an apprenticeship. They called him a cub, and he worked for a guy named Mr. Bixby. And Mr. Bixby was an experienced pilot. And so after about a year of training and learning, Mark Twain says in his book, he said, I was going around with my nose higher than a giraffe's because I was cranking the wheel and navigating the, uh, the boat and doing all the things that he needed to do with Mr. Bixby, the experienced pilot, standing right behind him. And he said, uh, Mr. Bixby, uh, asked him one day, he said, how deep is the water in the upcoming channel, channel 66? And Mark Twain answered, he said, well, you couldn't find the bottom with the church steeple. It's bottomless. It's so deep. And Mr. Bixby looked at him and said, are you sure? And then stepped out of the pilot house. And it's funnier than heck because it's Mark Twain, but he describes the thought that's went through his head as he went through this channel and Mr. Bixby has stepped out and, and hidden behind a smokestack. And Mark Twain just talks about how it started playing with his mind. He thought he'd see sandbars where there were, the wind was riffling and he was starting to worry that, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it culminated to him and screaming into the engineer to back the wheels and back the boat up. At which time Mr. Bixby stepped back into the office and the crew and all the people on the deck started laughing because they knew he'd been set up. And he had reversed the wheels in the deepest water in the Mississippi River because he thought he was going to hit a sandbag. So the point being, when left 
Mr. Bixby created doubt with three words. I think that's three. Are you sure? And then stepped out and Mark Twain's mind began to work. So Mr. Bixby comes back in and says, hey, how deep is the water in cut 66, which is where they were? He said, it's deeper than a church steeple. He said, then why did you back? He said, well, I thought I saw a sandbar. He said, no, you had doubt. You, you had doubt. And then he taught his lessons. You know, when you know something to be, then you need to know it. And it's not dependent on what somebody else says. Well, the person that you bring in to replace you is a little bit like Mark Twain was. They might be able to do all the functions, steer the boat and increase power, back power, reduce power, do all those things. But what Mark Twain says, the courage I thought I had as a cub was really the other man's courage. And that's going to be the case uh, with people that you bring in. They, they might be able to do everything, but make no mistake that in many times their courage is your courage. You're always there. Even if you're on vacation and said, don't call, they could, right? So that is the part that's hard to replace when you're going to seek a, create a business that can work without you. That leadership that you have to develop in somebody more than just skills, but judgment. Um, to address it really quickly, what, what can you do about that? Um, first kind of have to define what a good, good leader is. And I've done this before, but in me looking at highly successful business, uh, leaders, uh, business owners, the three attributes that I just throw out there, I could throw out others, but the, the number one thing is that, um, they're engaged, uh, that they see their business as an adventure when they, they're not thinking, how do I get out of this? But it's, it's a game they're playing, even when it's tough, it's what are the moves they're, they're engaged, right? And they see it as an adventure. Uh, the second thing is they tend to be decisive. And by decisive, I don't mean that you make snap decisions in a hurry. It means that you make decisions when the time has come. And I have a former client who has a great quote on that. He says, good things come to those who wait, but not to those who hesitate. So by decisive, I mean people who make decisions at the time it's appropriate when they have enough information to do that. The third thing is that really good, successful business owners tend to be focused. And by that, I kind of refer it back to the second point. They tend to be focused on making the decisions they made work, right? So it's how do you instill that into your uh, people who can replace you? And I think that the answer is that you have to be a little bit like Mr. Bixby was to Mark Twain. Uh, not to necessarily just create doubt, but not be there always as a resource. You have to find a way to take your capable people who are engaged, intelligent, and interested in becoming true leaders and truly replacing you and put them under the gun, put them under the experience. In other words, don't always be there to answer their questions. Let them make decisions, meaningful decisions. And even if you see their you don't want them to wreck the company with a bad decision, but a meaningful decision that you even see that they're going the wrong direction, um, that you let them make that decision and then deal with the consequences that come, right? So the, the build a highly profitable business that can work without you. The hard part of that is finding people who can actually replace you so the business can work without you. And the thing that's hard to replace isn't necessarily the operational skills you have, but it's that judgment and that confidence. And so I think as you're going through your day and you're thinking about the person who 
you want to bring in to replace you, you have to do as Mr. Bixby did, step out of the pilot house and let them operate. You can be hiding behind the smokestack and watch what they're doing so they don't wreck everything, but they need to have the perception that they're making decisions and see it follow through. Thanks for listening to The Cash Flow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.